Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. Hope you all had a great Christmas and a happy new year here as we go into the new year. And especially if you're a guest with us that maybe just started coming here at the Christmas programs, thanks for coming back. Appreciate you doing that. And uh, excited to be here with you this weekend. And we're, we're going to do something a little bit different today that I'm actually really excited about. So a lot of times here at Grace, what we'll do is we'll have kind of a series of conversations, right, where we'll talk about something for about a month at a time or sometimes even more. And what we want to do today is we're going to have a one-time conversation. And I, I really think the timing of the year gave us an opportunity to have this conversation. So what we tend to do in our culture is that this week, right, between Christmas and New Year's is typically a week where most of us kind of take some time off, things are low-key, and it's a natural pause button in life, isn't it? Right, we all get to slow down a little bit, kind of crash out of Christmas. Everybody's partied out. Take a moment to slow down. If you have kids, you play with some Legos, right? Hopefully take some naps, maybe play in the snow a little bit. But right, you get to relax a little bit. And it's a natural opportunity, I think, to refocus and reflect and kind of figure out where have I come from in the last year? Where am I and where am I going? So we're going to have a unique conversation really about personal leadership and family leadership, right? Kind of depending on where you find yourself today, right? If you're single, this would be a really a personal leadership conversation. If you have a family, maybe have children, or if you're married, right, it would be more of a family leadership conversation. But we want to walk through, I'm going to kind of give you guys a process on how to look back over the last year, figure out where we are, and then figure out where we need to go. How do we refocus on our, our lives really on what matters most? So this is going to feel a little bit different, right? Because it's kind of a unique one-time conversation. And I'll tell you this, this conversation will be a phenomenal primer for us as we go into the next series. So next weekend, we're going to start a new series called Good Goals, Bad Gods. And it's all going to pick right up really where we left off today. But as you'll see in a minute, today's kind of a unique conversation. We're going to get really, really practical about how to reflect and how to refocus and how to engage a new year kind of moving forward. Sound good? It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to dive into it and we're going to spend a lot of time today in the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs in the Bible. One of my favorite books in the Bible and it is loaded with wisdom. That's what it's really marked by. And this book is all about wisdom. Uh, the, the man who wrote it, Solomon, is one of the wisest people on the planet at this point that God would have even said that. He said, man, Solomon is the wisest man who's ever lived. And if you read the book of Proverbs, you're going to gain wisdom from it. And so we're going to look at that and see if we can gain some insight, some principles, some themes about how to reflect and how to refocus and how to kind of lead ourselves or lead our families in a way that makes sense, right? And so we're going to dive into this conversation together. And this is really something that organizations do a lot. You guys, you'll see this, right? Where organization will look back over the last year and see where they've come from and, and they'll project out where they need to go. Teams will do this. Schools will do this. Businesses will do this. Why not do it at a family level or even an individual level? Um, I'm having this conversation. This has been such an important habit for me and Lori over the last 15 years. We've been practicing this together. I would say, in fact, th this habit we're going to talk through today has become probably one of the most important habits of my adult life. So we're going to talk through it. I'm pr pretty passionate about it. I'll just warn you, some of you are going to love it. You're going to geek out with me about this, right? You're going to be like, this is awesome. I can't wait to go do it. Ooh, give me the whiteboard. Boom. You are my people, right? And then some of you are going to be like, 
oh, do I have to do this, right? It's going to like suck the life out of you, but let me just warn you, anybody who does this will benefit from it, I guarantee it. Okay, that's enough of that. I'm excited about it, you can tell. Here we go. Here we go. Proverbs 27, 19, awesome verse. Here's what Solomon's gonna say. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. As water reflects the face, I think you're in the ancient world, you don't have mirrors produced right, put together mirrors that you're going to see your face. And so often people would see the reflection in a lake, right? As you walk up and look into the water and it stares back at you, you see your reflection. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart, right? So, so, you know, if Pastor Jeff was staring in the water, he might take a double take, you know, make sure he's got his sexy coming back at him, right? But, but for us, we understand what we're talking about. You know what it feels like to look and see your reflection looking back at you. What's profound and what Solomon is pointing at here is he says that just like I look into water and see my face, see myself looking back at me, when I look at my life, when I get above my life, get above my habits, get above my, how I spent my money and my time and my energy and kind of see the big picture of my life, what I'm going to see staring back at me is actually a reflection of my heart. If I want to see where my heart is, if I want to know where my heart is, right, I, I want to look and say, where's my life? Where have I spent it over the last year? What have I invested in? What have I given myself to? What have I focused on? If I stare at that, I'm going to see a reflection of my heart. Powerful thing, and especially for somebody who says, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I, I'm a Christ follower. What we want to see when we stare into that life is we want to see the life of Jesus in the heart of Jesus staring back at us more and more. Right? If Jesus were in my skin living my life, what, would my life and my heart look more and more and more like his? That's what I want to look for. That's what I want to know. I want to see that all play out. Often in the Proverbs, Solomon's going to talk in kind of a fatherly way. He's often going to talk almost directly to his son. You're going to see it in this next passage. He's going to say, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for their life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. He's going to say, son, you got to catch this. Tune into this, right? Don't let these words out of your mind. And he's going to land it by saying, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. And what he's going to do is connect the loop between my heart and my life. Well, where does everything that I do come from? It comes from my heart. If I want to see where my heart is, all I got to do is see where I, everything that I do, where, where it is, right? I look at my life, I see my heart. If I want to know what comes out of my heart, I see my life. And there's a cycle, and I want to see those connections. If I want to know where my life is, I got to see where my heart is so that I can guard it because that's where everything's going to flow from. I want to fight for that. I want to see it. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. He's going to go on, same passage. He says, keep your mouth free from perversity, right? Watch what's coming out of your lips, out of your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. He says, don't turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot or your feet free from evil. When he's going to continue to drive down, he says, guard your heart above all else, Protect this 
this heart of yours because your whole life's going to come from it. And he's going to say, fix your gaze directly in front of you. Focus, in other words. I'm in that season of life where I have, I've got four kids between five and 11. So I'm starting to be at sports things a lot, right? Watching kids play sports constantly. And the word that I hear coaches say to kids all the time is focus, right? Focus, because they're playing, and all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're tuned in, and then a moment happens, and, and we just lost them, right? They just disappeared, and, and they zone, right? they're picking their nose all of a sudden. He's like, focus, right? Bring it back. Well, the reality is, that's how I am. Right? I, I'm living life. I'm, man, I'm all in for the things that matter most. I am dialed in. Squirrel, right? And I'm gone. Like you lost me and I got to pull them, pull it back in. That's what Solomon's saying. Let your gaze be directly in front of you. Dial it in. Focus. And I'll tell you, in my life, I, I feel the temptation to be distracted more than any other temptation in my life. Uh, I'm more tempted to focus time and energy and passion on second or third or fourth things much more than I am tempted to go blow my life up with one bad decision all at once. That's what I see in my life. I have to hear this all the time and refocus and come back constantly, fix your gaze directly before you. And then he says, give something, something very fascinating, give careful thought to the past for your feet. Think about where you've come from. Think about these paths that you've created for yourself. Get above your life and look at it and see where you're going and where you've been. Give, don't just walk through life mindlessly. Right? He's going to say, give careful thought to where you're headed, where you've been, and where you're going. We, we can almost say, when, when I start to get perspective on my life, not just living in it, but working on it from above, right? Kind of seeing the big picture, personally leading myself, I start to get a perspective that's unbelievably helpful. And I'd make a case, make an argument that, that says, boy, the more I understand where I've come from, right, the, the better grip I'm going to have on where I am, and that's going to clarify me where I need to go. Just how it works, right? Just how it works. Here's a way I would say it this way. Perspective on the past gives focus to the future, right? Perspective on the past Knowing where I've been helps me understand with accuracy, with reality, where I am today. The end of 2017, where do I stand? Where's my life? And then where should it go in the year to come? Where do I need to take it from here? So let me tell you a little bit about uh, this reflection exercise that I've fallen in love with here over the years. And um, I did this when I was in college. Like when, when my friends and I, we would kind of do this before we were married. We'd sit down together and kind of look back over the last year and dream about the future and kind of set goals. Not New Year's resolutions, it's something different. This is deeper than that. This is making plans that we're going to actually implement and, and make changes on and chase down. And we would do it right from college. And then when Lori and I got engaged, we started to practice it. And at first, Lori's like, this is the worst like, I do not want to do this work, right? We're sitting down for hours talking about where we've been. And now slowly, now Lori, like, she's the one that wants to do it even more than I do. She's actually become a believer in it. And what's awesome is over the years, we've had different venues. Uh, sometimes we would, we would go and take a retreat. 
and we do some work and do some play. Uh, and now that we have a bunch of kids, oftentimes it's just like a meeting or two and just kind of jamming it in there. But there's a theme to all of it. Every time we've done this, you know what's been there with us? Whiteboards, right? Because all God's people use whiteboards, folks. I hope you're catching on to this. It's very important to me. So there's whiteboards there. So really, here's what we would do. We would take some time. We'd start with prayer. God, show us what you want us to see. We want to get above our lives. We want to give thought to our paths and our ways. Help us. We want to guard our hearts. Now, show us what you want to see. And literally, for, for the first chunk of time, what we would do is literally just talk about and write down and capture where we've been in different areas, and we look at them one at a time. Not making goals yet. It's the hardest thing to do because I just want to jump to the future. But you look back and try to capture what has happened. Where have we been? And we would look at different parts of our lives in the process. Right? So all we're looking for at this point is to establish here's where I am and, and here's kind of where I've been. That's it. I want to understand the past. Why? Because I know it'll give focus to my future. So here's the kind of things that we would talk about. Uh, we would look at key relationships and roles in our lives. So, so for us, of course, we're married. Uh, you may be single, and you, you might look and say, man, if I'm single, I might look and say, how am I using my singleness? Am I developing myself to be used for God? Am I developing my gifts and my passions? Am I content in my singleness? In our marriage, I'm going to run through a bunch of questions, guys, as we roll through this. Let me just say this real quick before I dial into this. All of these questions I'm about to ask you, don't feel, especially if you're a note taker, don't feel like you need to write them down. We've captured all of this in a resource for you. You just click on it, and you can use it later and roll through this and kind of fill it out on your own. They don't feel like you need to capture all this. I'm going to run through a ton of questions. We would look at our marriage, and we would say, how is our marriage based on where it was a year ago? So today, are we closer than we were uh, 12 months ago? Have we invested intentionally in each other in this last 12 months? How has that been? Are we dating each other? Like, do we still like each other? Right? Are we just business partners or parenting partners? Like, what, what is our marriage like? And you guys are like, ooh, I see fights coming. Like, like this could be dangerous. <laughs> a little warning, it could be. It could be a little dicey. But, you know, you want to look at it and be honest and be humble. That's why you pray first. But take an honest assessment and say, what's our marriage like right now? And how has it been over the last 12 months? Don't be defensive, but just write down, try to capture it. How's our sex life? Well, how's it all looking, right? How's everything kind of on paper as we look back over the last year? We would then do that with, with our kids, with parenting, right? So we've got four kids. We literally go kid, kind of child by child, and ask the question, how have they changed over this last year? What are they into? What are they passionate about? What, what are some weaknesses I might need to pray for them through? Are we connected like, are we having conversations? Are we talking? Have I invested intentionally in that child much over this last year? Or is there a disconnect? But in this one, we're, we're not as connected as we want to be. I might ask that question. Here's a great question, parents. What, what might God do with the life of my child if they reach their full potential? Wow, like what could they become? And boy, that, that answer might change over the years as we look and, and see movement and growth in their lives ton of fun. And by the way, I'm, I'm having my kids do this. They're like 9 and 11 now. I'm having them do this same exercise and look back on their lives and see what's happened as well. Of course, they're not parents yet, but they, right, they have different aspects. Family leadership's another one. Boy, I'm passionate about this one. 
family leadership. So if you are in charge or in responsibility for a group of people, maybe that live in your home, or maybe it's an extended family, maybe you're like the oldest child and your parents are aging, asking the question, what is our family like? What's our family culture? Especially with people that live in your home, right? If you're mom or dad, or if you're a single parent, or you're a step family, is our home a thankful place? Do we like being together? Like, why or why not? Is our, is our family, like the way we describe, is it the way we want it to be? How has it been over the last 12 months? Are we an active family? Like, do we exercise together? We go hiking together. Do we want to be an active family? Do we serve together? Uh, are we a media-centered family? If you looked at a snapshot of our home over the last 12 months, does it mostly look like this? Right? Are we okay with that? Do we want to change that? How's that been? over the last 12 months. Where does our family, where does it kind of come from and, and what's the culture like? Those are questions we want to look at. Is it where I want it to be? Uh, all the way down into, is my house set in order, especially dads? Do I have a will set up? If something were to happen to me, is my family taken care of? Has it been where I want it to be? Here's, here's another one. Uh, friendships. Friendships. I love Friendships. And uh, we kind of make this friendship slash social world, right? Social life. And here, here's what's fascinating. If you're married and you do this with your spouse, uh, almost for sure, there's going to be one or two areas that you get really excited about and one or two areas that they get really excited about. And they're usually not the same, right? It's usually how this works. So Lori, my wife, man, she is like social awesome, Right? She loves to party and have fun and like have people everywhere, you know, and, and she's just always excited to talk about this. Like, what are we going to do to have a social thing and it's going to be awesome? And I'm always like, honey, work is my favorite, right? Like, and she's like, oh, right? Like sucks the life out of her. I'm like, I live a party. I get to hang out with people all the time. And she's always excited to talk about it. And then I, and then I run our budget. Like I do the finances stuff. So by the time we get to that part, I'm ready to like nerd out on her and tell her about the financial update of the Roadman Summit and how we're all doing. And she's like, <laughs> right? She's like out, completely checked out of that conversation. And that's normal, right? If, especially if you are, uh, you're married, that situation's good. We help each other to value things that we don't naturally value. Friendships are super important though. Uh, knowing who my friends are, uh, whether you have a bunch of friends or a few, or maybe you write down, you say, if I was going to actually write down the names of my friends, there might not be someone that currently is in that category. Being honest about that and saying, have I done anything? If I, if I don't have a good friend that I'm actively kind of connecting with and sharing life with, have I done anything over this last year to pursue a good friendship? Have I been a good friend? Uh, are my friends pushing me and leading me towards Jesus? If I was to, go, to write all this stuff down and put this in front of someone, do I have someone that I would trust their wisdom as they look through this kind of person on my wisdom team to help me through life? Great questions to ask, kind of an honest gut check moment to look and say, where are my friendships and are they where I want them to be? You might have other relationships, right, that, that you put in there. Uh, may, maybe how things are going at school or your teammates, or your coaches or teach, whatever. Right? You might have other categories that would show up, but all key relationships capturing that part. And then we kind of look at health, different aspects of health. Spiritual health is a huge one. What is my growth in following Jesus like over the last 12 months? So some of us, you started coming to grace in the last 12 months. 
congratulations, you found your church. Like, that's, that's a big deal. That is something to celebrate. Many of us have come to know Jesus in the last 12 months. You found a relationship with Jesus. That is a huge breakthrough and marker in your relationship. By the way, if you said, I want to follow Jesus this last year, and you haven't told us yet, please tell us that. We would love to know that. So we can celebrate with you, pray for you. And if you want us to help, we can do that as well. A bunch of us, of course, though, would say, you know, we're Christ followers. And we've been following Jesus maybe for a couple of years or years and decades, a long time. I would ask these questions, because these are the ones I'd ask myself. What's my interaction with the Bible like? Right? Is, is it more this year than it has been in the past year? How's my prayer life? How, how's my conversation with God? Is it, is it increasing over the last year or is it less? How is my connection to Jesus, like my, my intimacy with God, we would say? And by the way, that, that doesn't mean like church stuff. How, how close am I to Christ? Do I value what Jesus values more today than I did 12 months ago? Are his goals and his vision for this world and for life and for my life stronger in my heart than it was a year ago? How so? How does that look? And then I might look at things like church, you know, and say, man, have I, have I valued being a part of the church and church attendance? Have I leaned into live stream maybe more than I want to, not just when I'm sick or out of town, but now I just don't want to get out of bed and I, I'm just not showing up, you know? I want to look back and say, how has that changed over the last 12 months? All different ways that we can capture kind of this spiritual health and see where I am along the way. Kind of what did God teach me over the last year and be able to capture it? Here's one, physical health. Whether we like it or not, we have bodies, right? We have bodies. And God has chosen to give us bodies, and we are called to worship God with and through our bodies. This is actually one of the conversations we're going to have in this next series. But physical health, because of that, becomes a big deal. I, I have to live in this thing, and God made it to work a certain way. So I want to ask some questions of physical health. How, how is my health right now? Right? Is my exercise where I want it to be? Is my diet where I want it to be? There's a handful of few years ago, especially as we were having like a bunch of kids all at once. I put on about five, six pounds of sympathy weight. Man, Christmas was good that year, you know? And I was like, ooh, it's only five pounds. It's not that much. And then I thought, wait a minute. If I do this again next year and the next year and for the next 20 years, well, that's, that's pretty quick hundo, right? We're talking about 100 pounds. <laughs> like that, that, that can move on you pretty quick. So my five pounds became 100 pounds. I was like, ooh, that's something to watch, right? So have I gained weight? Have I lost weight? Uh, do I have an annual physical? You're like, seriously, Ryan? Yeah, it's a good idea. Is, is there a physical issue that, that I want, I should have looked at, but I haven't wanted to and I've been avoiding it? Great question to ask. Physically, am I sleeping, right, as much as I want to sleep? This body is made to function, and one of the biggest frustrations in my life is that we are human, and we are needy, and there are limits. We can't stay up forever and not eat right and, have our, and expect our body to work right. So I want to look at that. Where's my physical health? How's it all functioning? Financial health. Of course, Jesus would talk more about money than heaven and hell combined when he walked on the planet. Money is a very spiritual issue. Like all of these issues, the reality is following Jesus doesn't happen primarily in a religious space during one or two times a week. Following Jesus primarily happens through relationships 
and through how I manage what God has given me. It's in the nitty gritty, the day to day. That's where following Jesus really happens, including finances. So I want to ask some questions of that one. Has my financial landscape changed over the last year? Has my income gone up or down? Have I taken on more debt? Have I become closer to debt free? Do I have a master plan to be debt free? Have I begun giving more or giving more consistently? Do I have a plan to do that more regularly as an act of worship? Am I on track for retirement? Is that whole thing set up? Is my financial house kind of in order the way that Jesus would live it if he were living in my skin with my income and in my situation? How's that been? Right? Capture it all. Right? You nerds will get geeked out over that part, and that's great. Okay, so it's good. Now listen, all of this we just talked through, there's nothing magical about it. Uh, it's not a sin if you don't do this or you don't, if you do it differently. It is a way to practice the principles we just talked about. Just one way. Just one way. And, and here's what I'm looking for. Now, if, especially if you need a format like this. When I go through this, when we look through it, here's what we're looking for as we look back. We're looking for progress. And usually when I show up at the end of the year, I'm pretty tired. I don't know about you. I get pretty tired and exhausted from life. What progress does, when I look back and see, you know, we've come farther than I thought we did. We actually did, we actually did more than I thought we ended up doing. I look back and can find things to celebrate, even if it's only a little bit of change. I mean, if you can look back this year and say, I started coming to church for the first time, celebrate that. That's huge. Right? If, you, if you did some of the things you set out to do and you're on track to follow Christ in that area of life a little bit more, celebrate. That's exciting. Progress gives us courage to stay on the road right, and to keep going. It's a big deal. It's always tempting for me to skip that part. Progress then leads to gratitude. Let me talk to this one for a minute. There are few things uh, that I think God loves more than when we stop and literally just thank him for what he has done in our lives. God, thank you that you have provided for me financially for the last 12 months. I, I never had a, went, went a day without a roof over my head. You provided for my children. Thank you that you've provided for us financially. Thank you for our health. Thank you for a, a career, a job, for financial stability. God, thank you for the relationships you've put in my life, my friends, my life group, a church that I can go to. God, thank you. That moment of gratitude as we're looking from where we've come from, I think is extremely worshipful and glorifying to God. To stop and just say thank you, I think it honors him in huge ways. Right, that's what I'm looking for, gratitude. God, what can I thank God for? If there's movement, if there's progress, I can stop and praise God for that. And then inevitably what's going to happen is I'm going to bump into drift. Always I find drift in my own life. I set out a year ago to do this, and I'm a little bit off the path, right? It's not quite what I want it to be, right? So we've got, uh, we've got four kids, and man, when we had our first two kids, right, our first couple, we were hardcore about like the bedtime thing, and we put them to bed, boom, eight o'clock, done, you kids are going to sleep, whoosh, right? Now we have four kids. Our fourth kid, it's like 10.30. And we're like, hey, where's Olivia at? 
right? We're like, we should probably do the whole bedtime thing with that one, right? You know, you start to drift off. I'm like, we got to make sure we do the parenting thing like all the way. That was one of our drift areas, right? So you end up finding things along the way that aren't quite what you want them to be. Something sometimes comes up and it throws you off track or there's some kind of reason for the drift or maybe you just got lazy or distracted. That's often my situation, but there's drift and it comes up. And here's what happens in my life. When I start to see the drift and I start to see the gap between kind of where I want to be and where I actually am, here's what that does in my life. Some of us, I know it'll be discouraging, but often for me, it's motivating. I mean, I start to get fired up because I remember this is, oh, look at all that God has done already. And when I see that gap, I start to get fired up and I get fired up to re- and get ready to tackle it. You know, your theme music starts playing in the background spontaneously when you start to see it. Mine's Eye of the Tiger, baby. Boom. That's right. Go watch Rocky. It'll fire you up. Here you go. I'm looking for a drift, and I want to see it, and I want to be honest. I want to admit that things aren't as they should be, and that's okay. Why? Because the grace of God's all over my life. He's forgiven me already, and now I have an opportunity to jump in and deal with that drift now that I've seen it. If I don't see it, then I don't know what to do with it. Okay? I don't know how to deal with it. This, this habit has protected me, I think, in huge ways because I always drift. And I always have to fight it. And if I can't see it, I can't fight it. Okay. Where do we go from here? Now we're in a place we can start to move and look into and project into the future. Right? How do we look forward now? Now I have perspective on my past. Now what's missing is clear. The drift is popping off the page. I can see it now. And now I understand where I stand kind of in time. And I can start to move forward. There's a couple things I need to make sure I know, though, before I start to set these plans or move into kind of intentionality into the new year. I need to come in with this perspective. We are the managers. He is the owner. We are the managers. He is the owner. When I think about my money, when I think about my kids, when I think about my marriage or my singleness, when I think about the fact that I'm a student, right, or I'm on a team, my roles, my relationships, my gifts, even my physical health, I am not the owner of any of that. I am simply called to be a manager. I'm called to be faithful with what God has given me. And if I can have that perspective that I need to just be faithful with what he's given me, he's the one who owns it, I can't go do whatever I want to do with my body just because I think it's mine, right? It's not true. I want to manage it faithfully because God has entrusted me with it and he's asked me to be faithful to it. Here's a great passage, Proverbs chapter three. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Great verse, maybe one to memorize this year. If I can come in knowing, God, I submit to you. I don't know what the future holds. Who knows what this year will bring? But I want to lean in to what I know you would value, to what pleases your heart. And if you want to change my plans, it's up to you. I'm not the owner, I'm the manager. I'm going to submit to you, my health and my marriage and my singleness and my whatever it is I'm finding myself in, I'm going to trust you to make my paths straight. I want you to run with that. I love this next proverb. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he'll establish your plans. All right, God, here it is. I'm in. I want to be faithful with all that you've given me.
Now, when I look towards setting these plans up, I'm looking for a handful of things to aim at. One of them is going to be health. Health. When we think about looking into this next year, here's what I'd highly encourage you to do. Don't think perfection, think health. Don't don't think I'm going to set out and do this plan perfect. Aim at health. Healthy singleness, a healthy marriage, healthy parenting. I want healthy relationships with my kids. I don't want to, they're not projects. I'm not trying to make them perfect. I just want health. I want to fight for that. I want health in my body. I want health in my budget. According to your definition, God, not mine. The goal isn't to get ripped or to get rich. The goal is to be faithful with God's resources in his relationships. So I'm looking for health. Can we aim at seeing that play out? Here's another really fun passage. I love this one. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Here's Solomon. He's going to make an observation from creation. He says, hey, go to the ant, you sluggard. I love that word. We should bring that back. Anybody use sluggard recently? That's a great word, isn't it? You can really go with that. Go to the ant, you sluggard, which basically means like you lazy person. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer, and it gathers its food at harvest. Solomon's going to say, hey, hey, go check out that ant, right, crawling around the ground. They're going to go, and they're going to be intentional. They're going to have initiative to plan ahead, and it's built in from God himself to, to have that intuition to go do that. He's going to say, you human now, you, right, you should be the same way. You should think and take initiative and be intentional about your life, just like the ant is. You know what's coming down the road. You have the ability to plan. God has put that in you. That's actually part of what the image of God is, is that we have the ability to reflect and look back. We have the ability to project and look forward and understand reality. You you don't see cats and dogs pondering deeply, right, the deep things of life. Why? They don't have that in them. We have the ability to take initiative at a different level because we're human. So when I look at my life and I say, you know what? What needs to happen in this next year is I need to move my family or move my life into this direction. It's not going to happen unless there's initiative. And even if I follow Jesus, I can't just kind of sit on my hands and say, well, God's going to change me. We partner with God to see life change happen. He does it, right? He has the, he's the power. He's the one that changed us, but I got to show up. I got to take initiative. So I want to look and say, man, in this last year, if I haven't been where I wanted to be, if there wasn't joy in my life, if there wasn't spiritual growth in my life, if my, if my marriage, my relationship, my friendships were where they want to be, I want to take initiative and move towards, God, what you have called me to move towards. Hugely important. Go to the ant and look at them. They're diligent. They take initiative can we be that way as well? I want to push into my comfort zone and push out of it and say, how can I stretch myself this year, God, for you? Uh, not in our own power, our own strength, but under the power of the Holy Spirit, following where God would have me go. And here's the, the final one. Oh, this verse is important. The prudent see danger, and they take refuge. But the simple keep going and they pay the penalty. 
The prudent see danger and they take refuge. The simple keep going and they pay the penalty. Here's what we're looking for here. The, the prudent, they, they see the drift, so to say. The simple see it too. They're not different in that. Both of them see the danger. The difference is, what do I do with the drift when I see it? What do I do with the danger when it pops up? And here's where we lean next. We want to lean into correcting that drift. Because here's the reality. All of us are going to drift. That's a part of being human and being imperfect. I'm going to drift away from whatever it is I set out to do or whatever it even is God's intention for me. Sometimes it's sin, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just normal. So I'm going to drift and say, you know what, I gained a couple pounds. Or I'm going to drift and say, you know what, I'm getting too close to that coworker. Danger. I'm going to drift and say, you know what, I really want to make this financial move. I want to make this big decision, this big purchase. I, I, I want a new danger. You sure? Right? I'm going to drift and say, you know what, I, I haven't been to church as much as I want to be. Danger. And God would say, Proverbs would say, the difference is that the prudent would look at that drift and they would take refuge, right? They pull back into the center. They, they deal with it. They correct it. The simple, they just keep right on going, right? And they go headlong into destruction and danger. This is a big one. Can I be honest and be vigilant to say, I, I want to be die hard about dealing with and addressing the drift in my life, right? And, and if it's spiritual, it's a really big deal. And if it's in those key relationships, it's a really big deal. Right? Some of the things actually, they're not all equal. They all matter. But drift in general has to be fought for. And my reality is that, that my following of Jesus is going to play out in my dealing and bringing through self-control and the leading of the Holy Spirit, bringing that drift back under the direction of God over and over and over. Make sense? So what I'm looking for as I look into this next year. Now, you might say, Ryan, what do we do with this? Right, big conversation. It's a one-timer. How do we walk away? And here's what I'd love to see happen. And the reality is that this, this whole conversation really isn't that helpful unless we go do it. Right? It's an exercise that needs to go happen. Right? Whether you're 15 or 85, any of us can benefit from this. And we put this all this together in a resource. You just literally click it, print it, or do it online. You can take some time and, and work it out. And I encourage you, if you're married, do it with a spouse. If you have a handful of friends, you can do this with, or you can do it by yourself. But take the time to reflect and look back and be honest and begin to look forward and say, God, what would you have me do in this next year? Where would you have me go? Can I begin to do that hard work? I think I mentioned this at the beginning. Uh, some of us, you're like geeking out right now. You're ready to go do this. You're like, yes, let me go run, and I want to go jump into this. It's going to be awesome. Some of us, right, it's not our personality type. We, we don't want to take the time to do it. All of us will benefit from it. I had two, a handful of men uh, last night stop me, and they, they looked at me, and they said, Ryan, and I quote, I know I need to do this, but I'm really scared to. I'm scared of what I'm going to find, right? I'm scared of the drift I'm going to discover as I look back. 
Here's the thing. You jump into this, and here's what I can promise you. You will benefit from this exercise. Do you have to do it? Is it a sin if you don't? No, it's not. Do you have to do it the new year? Nope. Do you, do you even have to set goals or intentions? No, you probably don't. Right? There's a, a million ways to do it. These biblical principles are just in a package that's usable. It's right here, and it's there if you want it. If you have a better way to do it, do it. But here's the reality. Jesus did not come to the planet, live a perfect life, die on a cross, be buried, rise from the dead for us to live mediocre, unintentional, haphazard, distracted lives. He didn't. Oh, he came that we could have life and have it to the full, to live motivated, fired up, lives chasing after Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't you want to live like that? I do. How do we get there? And this is the best crack I have for you. Start here. Would you carve out some time in the next seven days to do this hard work? And it is hard, but it's enormously fruitful. Would you bring it back next week and we will fire up a whole conversation about how to get moving in the new year. What if this is the year that you have momentum? I get refocused and I have God change some things in my life that never changed before. And some things start to move that have never moved before. What if we could refocus and see God really do some things in us that are beyond our understanding that blow us away? Love to have you do that. Do that exercise, come back next week. And what if this year is a year of great change in our lives? Let me pray for us. Band will come out, lead us forward. Father, in many ways, um, we have such great need to just stop and pause. And that to see the great work that you have done in us already. Lord, you've gone to such great lengths to provide for us and to love us, to protect us. God, you are a good, good father. Help us to, to see it, to value it, and to look back and praise your name. And God, I pray you give us the courage to not only stop and praise, but to be open and to be honest about the drift that we've experienced in our lives. And that God, to bring you into that, to not sweep it under the rug, but to invite you into every area of our lives and to change us from the inside out. God, we need your courage. Uh, we need you to make us bold and I ask that as we move forward and spend some time doing this, that you would be in that time. God, that you'd meet us here even now. Give us a moment even here and, here and now as we sing these songs to thank you for what you've done, to praise you for who you are. You are the center point of our lives and our attention. And when we drift away from you, we, we want you to be our one thing. Your kingdom first your name above all names on our lips. 
that when we look at our lives, we see the heart of Christ reflected. Would you make that true in us more and more in this year to come? We love you, Jesus. Thanks for loving us first.